Aloha Maui Nui. Hello, this is Josh and Porter. And Jason Burkhart. Oh, I'm trying to step on you there. There he is. Skype lag. Oh, geez. <laughs> Except we're, there's no lag today. <laughs> Jay's usually on a virtual presence device and has to well, kind I've of uh, time we've it. Been, we've been off island for a little okay. while, but we're back. Okay, there you go. So, hey, uh, folks, this is uh, Solar Coaster 118. Pretty cool episode. We're actually jumping back to the spring when we were May. traveling in May, was it? Yeah. And it's we're going to be covering Sonin headquarters. Vipolts Reed is the name of this really cool town. We kind of had to practice the name of that for quite a while. Vipolts Reed. It's in the southern section of uh, Germany and Bavaria. And it's the first town to uh, be able to implement, uh, since 1997, a virtual power plant. We were able to visit that uh, after a conversation with the uh, CEO of American Sonin, which is Blake Rakita. Yeah, he, he recommended that we go. For those that don't know, a virtual power plant is basically uh, a way to tie together a whole bunch of little home batteries. We've heard a lot about uh, individual home batteries uh, that you can get for your own use, right? You would take your own solar power, store it in a battery that lives in your garage or on the backside of your house or whatever, and then you would be able to use that power in the evening. But this is a way to leverage all those batteries like all together to function as a larger device. And it really does some amazing things when you start actually using in that way you can keep the grid stable you can move power around without without affecting everybody and and really it's it's just the future i think there's <laughs> i think there's two two main reasons why this is important right now one is that we are looking at doing utility scale solar in mass right now in Hawaii. Yep. And the relationship between utility scale, commercial, and residential is kind of unknown at this moment. How much can we as a community put on our roofs and how much is going to be uh, owned or contracted or controlled by the utility and by a variety of big uh, organizations and IPPs? And, 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 or and, a, and, a, and a simpler question is do you want to see a whole lot of solar panels up and down the hill or do you want to have just solar on every home? Also, the cost of batteries are still considered very expensive. It and is. when you provide various uh, streams of potential income through value stacking, mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to reduce the overall net cost of batteries, provide a better return on investment. So there's these two kind of major things we want to explore right. and understand right. how does that impact the decision-making process of buying a battery? You know, Could that make it cheaper for me, right? So we happen to have a, a longtime contributor and friend here in the studio with us, Mr. Solar Anthony. You want to say hello? Aloha. Aloha Maui. How are we doing out there? Anthony's got a boatload of experience out there selling solar and more recently batteries, and he kind of understands how the community is looking at this. Maybe we'll be able to tap into that a little bit while Absolutely. you're here, right? Absolutely. So very cool stuff. So I'm excited to get into this show. You guys ready to go? Jump right in. We got a lot of time. <laughs> All right, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. <laughs> we are a renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7. FM Upcountry. We're also available on the World Wide Web, uh, <laughs> www.solar-coaster.com or just solar-coaster.com. That's a hyphen. Uh, you can listen live through there if you're out of our broadcast area. You can go back and get all our old shows. Uh, we're actually, are we streaming? We're not quite streaming, but we can. Um, jump in the uh, studio with us and check out what we what we look like. Yeah, we'll okay. try. We just, we just yeah. turned it on. So now it's we're streaming on YouTube, right. uh, which you can get right off the main it's page. bandwidth sensitive. And um, <laughs> the, most, the most important thing, like I said, is, is the, the all the old shows. We've done 117 previous shows. Yeah. They are all online, and we've covered just about everything out there in renewables, at least as far as, but there's always something new. There but is something new. <laughs> there's always I'm, something there's new. There's something new going on right now. Do you want to talk about that, Jay, or no? Yeah, we'll get there in just a second. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing is if you are want to submit a question, you can can't call in for whatever reason, uh, go scroll to the bottom of any page and you can submit to our mailing list and or submit a question to the coaster and we'll make sure to get your questions on the air. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn also all carry the solar coaster, so just ask Siri to play you uh, podcast solar coaster and you'll be good to go. We've got some great sponsors uh, that have kept the solar coaster moving for all of these episodes and years. Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem, all doing great projects out here uh, in Hawaii and around the world. So what, what's happening new, Jay? Do you want to frame it? Uh, what's happening Before new? we get to news and events, and before we get to Pantech Design, I want to talk about SBI. You do? Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's the one. It's actually a heck of a thing. <laughs> really, uh, recently we've... Are we allowed to talk about this? Why not? Okay. We're going to talk about it. Okay, okay. So uh, we've recently confirmed. So SPI, Solar Power International, is the largest uh, renewable energy solar trade show 
covers uh, a variety of areas, primarily solar, batteries, they smart started home, as solar, but now hydrogen, hydrogen, wind, and wind and a bunch, and a bunch of different other, verticals, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's a it's really a fun place with a lot of innovative, brilliant people. And we've been covering it for the last few years. Yep. And just yesterday, we confirmed that we are the official, we're going to call it this, the official media partner of SPI. We're going to be direct streaming at the event through their mobile app, yep. on their web page, and through their social channels. That's quite a privilege for us, and kind of flattered that they're, they consider working with us I on that. I appreciate them actually thinking about them about us for this for this little yeah. job. Uh, I, I think it's going to go down more as, as we are, we'll be staging a takeover. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's got some ideas of, of their accounts. So that, that's but, what's uh, going on. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We've covered SPI before. We know it's just the hotbed of announcements and and we get news. months of shows out of it. Exactly. Uh, Months of shows. Okay, let's jump over to our Pantech Design Minute. And Pantech Design Minute number seven, smart weather forecasting. This Sonin Equalinks feature makes use of weather forecast information from the Adapt Energy Automation Package to dynamically modify the battery's backup reserve setting. If the Adapt Energy Automation Package detects a severe weather event warning in your area, the system will automatically start the Sonin Equalinks battery charging up to 100% to prepare your home for the incoming storm and a potential loss of grid power. Power. This maximizes your battery capacity for backup power when it is needed most. Furthermore, the Adapt EA package can notify other home automation systems, like lighting, shades, thermostats, or other devices, which can then be adjusted to ensure the safety and security of your home. Imagine using this system to prepare for extreme weather here in Maui. Adapt will simultaneously take steps on your behalf, like topping off your home battery, powering up your EV, pre-cooling your home, or preheating your hot water system. All of these systems together, make sure that you are ready to take on the upcoming storm. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. There you go, Pantech Design, very interesting organization. Uh, there's apparently, you know, we, we don't have, a, I'm not sure what we can say here and what we can't, but there is a pretty big launch with uh, their partner organization, Sonin, mm -hmm. at SBI this year. We don't have details, but I expect that we're going to see more and more of this kind of like integration of all these technologies from solar, battery, smart house. These were one of the first to really do it in a, in a great way. And who knows what's on, what's around the corner. It's only six weeks from now. Yeah, it's a little apropos that we're, we aired that one in particular <laughs> for this show uh, because Sonin is kind of the, the focus. But it's, it's much they're innovating on both sides, right? They have this large virtual power plant kind of vision for distributed energy. And then they're also doing all this stuff the other side on the other side of the battery for right. your own individual smart home right. convenience and safety. Creating value uh, in those two yeah, areas yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, really. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. It, it really sounds like the very beginning of the Internet of Things. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, People it's have related. been screaming about the Internet of yeah. Things for yeah. a long time. I don't see. I don't see a lot of. I mean, I see a ton of things. We all have tons of things. But but it's really the way these things are going to communicate. And this is yeah. This is exactly. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's yeah. a we'll, perfect example. We will follow that. So jump over to news and events time. Let's do it. Okay, um, where are we? Right away. Oh, this is cool. Um, Lumen has launched a distribution program in the Caribbean market, uh, naming Renew Ventures Energy TCI. Limited oh, I know those as guys. The exclusive partners. Well, the Lumen was a company that we had on air. Uh, I want to say three or four months ago, and they are specifically have engineered and are manufacturing a smart uh, electrical panel. You think about your regular mm. your, your electrical panel. It's the one with the circuit breakers. You know, you trip a breaker, you have to go over and find yep. it in the dark and flip the thing. Um, but these are smart breakers, and what they will do is you can program them to uh, turn on or off loads depending on what the situation is in your house. It's similar to, to what... Um, this is a big deal. All, all, mm -hmm. the, all this Internet of Things and smart house type of stuff. So you can imagine that if you do lose power for whatever reason, well, you have a home battery and things will work, but you don't want to run your air conditioning at full blast while you're doing that because your battery will drain super fast or you don't want to charge your, your EV right away uh, because it's already three-quarters charged and you, you would waste a lot of power just trying to top it off, uh, you won't have anything left for your house. So it'll shut the breakers automatically, trip the breakers automatically, and then when the power comes back on, it'll reconnect them for you. You don't ever have to go to the panel. It's just a smart system. Uh, so they've, they've rolled these things out. Unfortunately, it's in the Caribbean market right now. We well, we're going to we're gonna have to get them over here. There's a little backstory to that. And <laughs> sure. Lumen, one of the cool things from an installation standpoint about this is when you have a conversation about having a solar plus battery system, and Anthony's well acquainted with this, you have a conversation that has kind of nothing good about it, which is <laughs> when you want to back up your house, uh, what do you not want to have backed up? Because that's a conversation well, I want about my critical, whole house backed yeah, up. Critical 
the loads panels, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you have that conversation, uh, everyone's like, oh, well, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And you have to basically choose what you're not going to have. So the cool thing right. about Lumen is that you're able to kind of change, you flip the script on that conversation. Yep. Now you can change, you can alter what well, you before, have yeah, before, in, in, before you, over yeah, Before you time. even go there, it's usually a conversation of, well, we're going to have to install a whole separate panel and basically rewire your entire house. A lot and of labor a, involved. Not a lot of labor. It's a nightmare. It takes up a, a, basically twice the space and you have to run a bunch of conduit and everything. And it's, it's, it's just an if absolute I were, nightmare. Let me put it simple. If I were getting a, a battery system today and I wanted backup as functionality, which everyone would, mm -hmm. then I would almost in net definitely install a Lumen smart panel personally. Some kind of smart panel yeah. and device. The, well, yeah. well, who else is really doing it? You got Eaton, you got uh, Schneider, you got yep. a couple of guys, but they're, they, they're all kind of, I, I think this one looks to be the most Lumen, Lumen, Yeah, Lumen is complete. And without getting into too much more detail, these guys came on the show a couple months back. Uh, Boris was on the same show. We were talking about Sonin, I think, at that time. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, they kind of hooked up and they said, oh, we got to get in touch with each other. And then, boom, this press release comes out the other day. That is of, the solar coaster at work. Yeah, folks. very <laughs> cool stuff. So, very cool stuff. So why, why are they focusing on the Caribbean? Is there any particular reason? Well, Boris reason? just has a, has a business uh, in oh, Turks okay. and Caicos. That makes sense. And yeah. so he wanted to bring it out there. And, uh, you gotcha. know, there's more batteries that are being deployed. Yeah, they, they the simply Caribbean. didn't have the functionality I available see. in the region, so yep. he made it happen. Very Good. cool stuff. But Kevin O'Shea, uh, co-founder and uh, I think maybe uh, chief uh, operations officer, perhaps. I may have gotten that wrong. He says, I asked him, Aloha, Kevin. Lumen made the news and events today with renewed partnership. Any comments? He says, the beginning of world domination, smiley face. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but he actually, he said, great partner, Boris and the Renew team, doing great things in the Caribbean to provide low-cost, abundant, renewable energy. We are excited to bring responsive energy management to the Caribbean. That's so excellent. congratulations, Kevin, and uh, your very cool CEO I have yet to talk to you, but I can't remember his name right now. And to and Boris and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. Very cool yeah. stuff. So good to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on, Jay? Oh, do we want to go to the Tesla route? <laughs> we got to talk. Uh, we, gotta, we, we have to talk about this. There's too much news going on. Um, Tesla has three articles here, and let's just try to try to concatenate them all. Um, the big news is um, Musk's latest tweet saying that they're going to be producing thousands of Tesla roofs by the end of the year. Uh, so Green Tech Media um, and and the Market Realist and the Buffalo News. Now, the reason why Buffalo News is involved is, of course, because because the Gigafactory 2 is located in mm -hmm. Buffalo. Mm -hmm. um, so it affects them uh, drastically, whether these guys are producing or not. They, I mean, there's, there's, it's jobs for the folks in Buffalo. Um, but really, the solar roof production has been negligible for the past two years. Everybody yeah. heard about it. Everybody went, well, they've been having a rough roof. time getting it right, man. You know, I, I, it, they're on V3 right now. That's, and yeah. they're, they're wow, what happened, what happened to V2? Yeah. <laughs> well, he came out and he said, we're going to do this thing that's actually really hard from an engineering yes. and, yeah. and to create longevity and make this thing work. It's going to be hard. And he, that's his style, right? I, the P.T. Yeah. Barnum-esque kind of, you know, Musk strategy, right? I do and think they jumped the gun, though. They always do. He knows it. When he announced the Roadster, they kind of had a vehicle that worked. And kind of. the same thing. Um, they've, they've been bringing costs down, for mm -hmm. sure, and offering different vehicles, but at least they had something on wheels that worked. The solar roof, as far as I know, um, never really worked. Mm. <laughs> and they're well, only now. It's, it's all I about those. If, the, I haven't what seen I was anything that suggested it didn't work. Um, they, Just that they, it was they haven't, they have, they haven't rolled them out. There are, there's there's 31 on the books in California, a state where they're rolling out. So he doesn't have a volume of, of yeah. production, but I haven't seen anything that but, suggests they're not working. Sure, but 31 units in the entire state. They they're only they they they're <laughs> hard, hard, they hard to make, hard to install, hard to keep running. And those 31, I can almost guarantee, are Tesla employees. Who knows? But the, you know, the, here's the thing: there's three, there's a couple things that are happening. Uh, uh, Musk is saying that hey, 2019, we're going to kickstart solar again because it's yes. been kind of that's been kind of uh, no offense, but the redheaded stepchild of the uh, of the uh, the Musk kind of uh, sphere, right? So he's been saying, hey, t solar, we're not really. He's not hasn't been putting the energy in solar, he's putting energy in SpaceX and a bunch of other things and, you know, Tesla Auto. And now he's saying 2019 is a year where they're going to kick it up. They're going to do a thousand, their goal is to do a thousand uh, solar roofs per, was it week? Per week, per yes. week, per week. week. They want to roll out by by the end of the year. Five uh, a lot of, and a lot of people are saying they solar just, they just per can't. Year? Uh, is that right? Yeah, that right? yeah, yeah right. something like that. That's uh, that's a lot of solar roofs. It, so. it absolutely could. Um, and and that's but that's not installs either. I mean, they're they're 
but I don't think they are allowing um, other people to install them. I think you have to go through Tesla to get the it, solar It looks roof. to me like right now they're in, they're strictly in a how do we get this production somewhere relevant sta yeah. stage. And then we how do we take what we learned over the last, last 30, 50, whatever, how many installations, and turn it into you know a, a viable long-term product that everyone can, can actually buy. Sure. So it's an exciting time to see what that happens with that. So that's Tesla. Uh, they also did some stuff where they wrote off some R&D money. Who the heck knows what that means? But they're trying to come out of the, the doldrums in their solar world, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they've, right? so they've been declaring a whole lot of losses, uh, trying to unload the baggage from the solar world acquisition. Uh, solar it, City ac solar, acquisition. Solar City, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's just going to, it's going to be a while before they, they actually pick this up. Even if they do, I don't I don't see year's end. I just don't see it. Well, I wish them luck. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Sure. What's going on in the uh, in national, Jay? Um, big issues. Foreign hackers impersonated professional licensing board in attack on utilities. Okay, this is, this. it was phishing email, right? But these were highly sophisticated attempts by people. Uh, people People in cybersecurity are saying were foreign national sponsored hacking. Um, they knew what to say, how to say it. Their English was very good. I mean, usually you get, when you get a when you get a spam mail and you mm -hmm. know it's bogus, it, it's because their their English language skills are not <laughs> not the Some best, are, yeah. uh, which I've always always appreciated as as my for my years in IT. Um, but these were highly sophisticated attacks. They they um, impersonated the U.S. National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, which is such an obtuse weird. I mean, you would only know about that organization if you were in, in, in a utility and specifically participated in it, right? Um, and they sent a, uh, a worm uh, malware uh, package attached to a Word document that would install basically a rootkit, full control virus. I mean, they, they could control the mouse, they could yeah. delete files, they could do things. It would even delete itself if they thought they were going to get, ca yeah. get caught. It deletes itself with the minimal traces you know um, so this was extremely scary it was identified in three different separate three separate facilities um, and uh, in, in an era where we are connected more and more and even the, the utilities um, this is this is a, an extreme hey, threat. Hey, look, look, if you're, <laughs> if you're someone listening threat. right now saying, why does this matter to me? Uh, recently in Ukraine, about 250,000 people lost power. Yeah, it's 2015. Because yeah. of a, a type of hack like this, right? Yep, yep. So, and then as our, uh, as our grids become more and more kind of, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I want to say technical, Distributed but they're doing all these different things. Software. There's different assets, there's different, when I say assets, I mean like storage assets, whether it's at the home, the business, the, the substation level, the, wherever those places are on these big utility scale assets. So those things, the question is, how, can, could those things be impacted? Could someone potentially control that? Could they create a thermal runaway in a storage uh, system? Could they create some kind of a, you know, some major, major uh, problem outside of just even a blackout? So yeah. it's a really reasonable concern and cybersecurity has got to be top of mind right now in the utility space. This is Utility yeah. Dive article. You guys should check that out. Yeah. Super yeah, absolutely. Cool. And as we go down the road, even the smart breaker, you know, there might be someone that figures out, oh, look, I'll just pop a bunch of breakers. You know, it's it's it all. Yeah, it but all if, needs if, to if, be it, if it if it's, yeah. a, if it's something that can be hacked, they would they wouldn't do like one breaker. They would do all of them. Yeah, that's and what that I would meant. Be, yeah, yeah that, that would be bad. Um, so let's go on to something a little more lighter, uh, a little yeah. little lighter. Um, no hydrogen. Yeah, no hydrogen powered oh, passenger ferry. This is one you wanted to talk oh, about. We, we talked a lot about maritime because it's one of the last bastions of heavy bunker oil besides our own little electrical grid here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and they have been working in the San Francisco Bay uh, on a study to pull out the, that put out a boat called the San Francisco Breeze. And it is a hydrogen fuel cell Super cool. ferry that will be able to run up to, uh, what was it, 39 miles an hour? I think across yeah. across water, yeah. uh, fifty mile round trips. They want to do four uh, every day. Hundred fifty mm -hmm. passenger ferry uh, that can go across the bay, and I, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it is hydrogen fuel cell, meaning that they're taking the hydrogen, uh, they they store it in a tank, pressurized, and then it runs through um, a catalyzer, which which actually produces electricity. They're not burning the hydrogen in the engine. It's it's just runs through the little catalyzer. It's it's like the hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, mm -hmm. uh, and the only byproduct of that is some water vapor that comes out the tailpipe. So there are some engineering challenges to this. I mean, this is absolutely this is across the bay in San Francisco, right? Yep. So there's a and this this group said, hey, look, you know, this this may not be as cost competitive presently, but they had some really interesting language at the bottom. You know, they're like they 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 said that this is a seed 
Uh, and when you put seed in water, you get something <laughs> from that, right? Yeah, it was really yeah, kind of yeah. quite, yeah, quite nice. Cute. But they did talk about uh, the potential for this across uh, different types of of, uh, of maritime. They said this seed could grow into a 40-meter 40, 40 tugboat mm. or a 70-meter supply boat or a 300-meter ocean-going ship trading between the West Coast and Hawaii. Like, like, a, like a cruise ship? Like a new ship. <laughs> like, like, like that, a new... that was on the show yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah, super cool to see that <laughs> yeah. hydrogen's about to be tested. I, I yep. didn't see a, a date to be deployed. This no, thing... no, no. They, they actually don't have a, a to-be-built uh, diagram yet. This is all research. Right. But, okay. but, it's, but it's still um, very, very possible uh, that you'd see these both regulatorily uh, being approved and physically being able to be designed and, and feasible uh, on the water. The, the other nice thing is that if you don't have all that that engineering in there, I mean, it's, it's like the electric cars. It's a lot less complex. And so it would definitely... Um, Less moving parts means less maintenance. The over total cost of ownership over the time period of running a ferry like this yeah. may indeed be very, very cheap. And that's where it gets economic. This is actually an older like article. Yeah. And I saw a new article in news this today, but this was the older one a mm -hmm. couple of years back. So yep. it'll be interesting to check out and see where they're at at the moment. They well, we'll get them on the show. On the road. We'll get them on the show. All righty. So which one do you want to hit next, Jay? Pick, pick one more and then we'll... Uh, we well, go. Hawaii's trailblazing solar market continues to struggle without net metering. There you go. Okay. That's the one. Um, yeah. So we had a, actually a call... Uh, or Marco Mangelsdorf from Big Island sent us this link and said, hey, check this out. Mm -hmm. And this article here is in Green Tech Media. Uh, the title is Hawaii's trailblazing, trailblazing Solar Market Continues to Struggle Without Net Metering. This is August 7th, 2019. This is right now, folks, right? And, uh, you know, basically, uh, William Geese, the HCA, HSEA's executive director, Hawaii Solar Energy Association's direct, executive director, is talking about this in this article quite a bit. So is Marco. And they're talking about that this market has been depressed. Um, you know, the, all of the NEM is pretty much the net energy metering uh, installs have been uh, uh, pretty much installed and, and, and gone through all those books so you don't have that business to rely upon anymore i know one of the most i think one of the last nems is actually at the maui country club and is being installed presently mm -hmm. uh, that may be you know, one of if not the last nem in maui right and uh, so that business has been burnt through now these new different types of tariffs that we've talked about uh they're just not as uh as clear the value proposition that the older tariffs were. that's that's the hardest thing i mean when you were talking about a nem you basically got retail rate the full rate if you if one it's 30 one. if it's 35 cents a kilowatt hour when you export a kilowatt you would get 35 cents yep. when you import a kilowatt you use a kilowatt you would pay 35 cents but then there was there was a net that was, that's why it, it was clear energy it was it was clear but right it's, now it's a we're lot seeing more difficult major, to have the conversation how do you even talk to people ma like <laughs> major providers are down 40 percent like sunrun Okay. And, and But a lot of them have disappeared. That's the thing. We used to have yeah. 300 companies. We're now down to 98 as of last year. There's probably less now. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tough time in this industry. One of the things in this article that I think is really interesting that I got to tell you, I do not understand and I want to understand. So let's put our ears up and our eyes open about this thing. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a report here that was issued by Hawaii Electric Company in the middle of, the, of July. They talk about the smart. So there's a couple of different tariffs that replace NEM. Uh, grid supply. Grid Supply Plus, Consumer Grid Supply, Consumer Grid Supply Plus. Uh, and there's a community-based renewable energy program, which has a whole other series of issues with it. And then there's uh, it, there's Smart Export, right? And this Smart Export, it looks like one uh, provider is going after that Smart Export tariff with the utility, and it says that it's like it's like 99% of all of the applications are one company. I hadn't heard this until we just read this article this morning. Yeah. So I really want to understand what that is, why and that I, is, and I'm not even sure that right because this, this whole article doesn't talk about. They they basically say there are only two programs available. We know for a fact there are many more. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's complicated, and GTM is a great company, and they really do a good job of writing these articles. But it's tough to kind of parse this out, right? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, What's the main company that's going after that? It's right. That's what we're saying. Not, yeah. That's not public information. So yeah. here's the thing. Mar Marco said something important. The uncertainty and the interim nature of some of these tariffs gives a number of us in the industry cause for grief in terms of what comes next, said Mangelsdorf. Can you develop a business model that's projecting beyond 6, 12, 18 months with any confidence when you're not sure what exactly you're going to be selling in a year or two or three? That's Marco. I totally agree with him. I think yeah. this is a really challenging time, and we really need to figure out how we're going to relate to the utility scale pro pro programs that are going in. How does residential participate in this, right? I think it's uh it's value stacking with virtual power planting which is what we're going to talk about today yeah. yay all right yep. Yep. <laughs> is there any more news and events we got to do or are we going over no we got to go all right time <laughs> for our commercials we're going to come back uh with Bill Paul's read yep 
LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. All right, those were our wonderful sponsors. Thank you for keeping us rolling. We do love you guys. All right. Okay. Uh, so we have a great opportunity here to talk about uh, this trip that we took to Germany, uh, as, you know, basically at the suggestion of uh, CEO of Sony in U.S., Blake Ricketta. Uh, he said, hey, you guys got to go check out Vilpols Reed in Bavaria and learn about the first virtual power plant town in the world. The only, I guess, virtual power plant town in 1997 when it all began. Uh, it is available on Wikipedia if you want to check it out. And you can learn all about Vilpols Reed. Vipult's uh, Reed starts with a W. And the W. It takes a while <laughs> to spell it, actually, right? right. We really yep. can find it. And uh, we get a chance to go down there and meet with some great people. Matthias Block, yep. right? Yep. And then also Jean-Baptiste. Can you say his last name? Uh, not right Corn now. Cornefer? Uh, Cornefer. Yeah. yeah. And he's the managing director of Sonon eServices over there in Germany. They're doing really amazing things. They've got something like 40,000 systems deployed, and they're Worldwide. using them. Uh, and using them in a really amazing way, and they're actually they're actualizing the potential of virtual power planting, and we're going to learn about that. So yep. we get a chance at first to to, to hear from Matthias um, uh, about Sonen, about the more, more than more the history. history, and yeah, the yeah. history. We got to see the very first machine. It looks like a coffee maker. It's so it's like ten years <laughs> old or yeah, something. Right. Yeah. So we jump over to that. Listen uh, to uh, Matthias for a bit. Absolutely. Okay. So Matthias is coming. Wait, this is the very first Sonnen battery that has been on the market in 2011. So just uh, eight years ago, starting at this at this battery uh, today, we have the ninth product generation already. So um, like a new technology uh, development in the beginning gets very fast. So you have many different versions in a quite short time. This was a very beginning. It has a very industrial design. Many people think it's a coffee machine <laughs> because it has those green and red buttons here and. Um, was a, uh, already a fully integrated storage system, but it had no, had no intelligence. It was manual, like you see, so the intelligence had to be brought in by the customer. So if he saw, for example, that this lamp was burning, he knew that there was excess solar energy in the household. And then in this case, he could, for example, turn on his electric devices. Today, all this is done automatically by the Zon battery. And that could store four kilowatt hours. The cost was about 25,000 euros. So the payback time was, it was no payback time. Yeah. And um, <laughs> if you say so. And, but today, if you, if you see what just happened in the recent years, yeah. um, today the price for this would maybe about 5,000 euros. Mm -hmm. So the price really, really went down for the sharply for the storage. same capacity. Same capacity. Also, there's a lot of intelligence today in the batteries. The whole process and the whole technology is, is mature today. And uh, you, today you have industrial products that uh, are produced here, for example, in a serious production. And that was very much ma manual work in the beginning. So the two founders, Christoph and Thorsten, they really started to make the first Sonnen batteries by their own. And were in a very, very small team. And they also started to install the first Sonnen batteries in their own house. So I was told by them that was also one of the decisions why we are using lithium-ion phosphate technology, mm. because they had it in their own house. 
And they wanted to have the safest technology on the market. That was the reason, for example, that why we are using this. Even from the very beginning. Yes. yes. So we never changed the technology uh, from lithium iron phosphate to another technology. We are still using this because, from our point of view, it's uh, today this is still the um, safest and uh, most durable battery technology for lithium ion in the market. And that, that longevity is a key conversation when you're talking about solar. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a key, it's a key component because um, we think that people invest for, it's a long-term investment for our customers. Mm -hmm. And if you see, for example, in Germany, you need at least 250 charge cycles a year for just making self-consumption. Mm -hmm. If you would have only 1,000 charge cycles, for example, how it is, for example, normal in an electric vehicle, then the battery would be would run off in four years or so and that's not what the customers want they want a longer life and so that's why we are choosing a battery that can make 10,000 charge cycles and if you add grid services for example like we are doing with our vpp you even need more cycling than just the daily cycling so that's that's why we are using that's why we need a battery that has a very long life. And that's, that's why we are choosing lithium ion phosphate. That's an interesting point that hadn't really um, settled into my mind yet, that the addition of grid services uh, requires more cycle life. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course it, makes, it does. It makes perfect sense, but, but we didn't think about it yet. Yeah, so as they, the income streams start to become real for grid services from the utility to the homeowner, then that cycle life, that's all going to play into the longevity and the return on investment. Yeah, that total cost. And yeah, so that's, and, and I don't think to this day we've seen any modeling at all of grid services income versus longevity of batteries. No, I don't think there's enough data right? in the world yet. So that would be Unless brand new. That would be share. brand new. So <laughs> very cool. Okay, well, Excellent. thank you. Yes. And um, just for showing you the difference, because in the former times you just had. Uh, could have a look on what is going on in your battery via this small display mm -hmm. and today you you have this app for example you, you see everything you see the for example the production and the consumption even from the beginning we had this concept of a fully integrated storage system that means everything you need for a storage is already in one box mm -hmm. so you have the battery inverter here mm -hmm. the electric devices are in here also the cabling the wiring and everything like this mm -hmm. and the energy manager is in here computer that gives a certain amount of intelligence to the battery and also the, the battery modules. Everything is in one box. Why are, do, are we doing this? Because um, we want to make it as easy as possible for the installer to put it in the customer's house. We want to have uh, very short installing times because installing times are costing money. And we want to take out the complexity of uh, installing uh, from the installer to us. So if we provide the installer a fully integrated system where we just have to put it in the house via plug and play that's more easy than uh, if the installer for example has one battery from a provider and then he has to choose uh, another battery inverter from 20 other providers then he has to choose an energy manager from also 20 other providers mm -hmm. then he goes to the customer's house has to install everything by himself and that's the amount of complexity uh, we don't want to have in the installation nice. process. And that makes it a lot easier and, of course, safer because nice. every wire you make is a source of failure you can make. I don't want to say that the one or the other way is better than the other, but we think it's, it's the more works. easy way than, <laughs> than I promise you. having it differently. <laughs> Speaking from experience, having done it. Uh, okay, you have already installed some batteries, or? Oh yeah, really? Oh, plenty, Diff lots of different kinds. Okay, I, I thought I didn't know you are installer as well. Yeah, for nine years. Oh, perfect. Every installer needs a certification from us. Yeah. For the system, but I think every provider does it. Yeah. Just this for its battery storage system. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. You see here some features we offer together with the Sonnen battery here in Germany. For example, this is our Sonnen charger. This is a smart wall box for charging an electric vehicle in the customer's house because we know that many of our customers who make their own electricity and to uh, store it with a battery also want to use this self-made energy for driving because it makes completely sense if you have if you produce clean energy to use this clean energy also for your car and don't take the uh, conventional energy from the grid that's a driver uh, behind our customers wishes what they want to have also we see that many of many of our customers started getting to know our system via the electric vehicle because at first they had an electric vehicle and then they were thinking yeah it's not so good to, to put this uh, energy from the coal or nuclear plants in it it's it's better to make it by their own and that's why we are that's that's why we know that uh, 
that they have a grand, a big desire to, to also charge it with their own electricity, and that it can be done by the Sonnen charger, because it's, sorry? So, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but so this, this here, this uh, Zonin charger, yeah. it is universal um, port for different types of cars? Exactly, this is a type two uh, connector, uh, it's at least here called type two connector, mm -hmm. so it's possible to charge every uh, standard electric vehicle with it, uh, up to 20. 22 kilowatts. Exactly. Right? So one of the, the big conversation points is about not, well, of course, charging from your solar and battery system, but also being able to discharge from your car to your home and get a grid out of it. Do you see that capability happening here, or what is is that something that's already up and running, or what, what's going on? Um, yes. Um, what we see, for example, this because it's a smart charger, it can be connected to our Zonin community, Jean Baptiste, uh, to our virtual power plant. Jean Baptiste will explain later to you okay. exactly what is behind. So it, you had a wonderful grin on your face just a second ago. <laughs> 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 they kind of told the story. What did that grin mean? Yeah. <laughs> what? Your smile. Okay, because because it's a very interesting question because it, it it's very plausible to use this car as also as a as a um, as a storage for excess energy in the grid. For example, we have this case in Germany when there's too much wind power. We often have the case that these wind generators are being stopped because the grid is too small or has not enough capacity to transport. Of course, an electric vehicle has normally more capacity than a storage system. Then it would be a, a very large uh, storage if you combine all this via a virtual power plant, for example, if you make out of many, many uh, small uh, storages of, of single electric vehicles, one large storage. Uh, that's that's very helpful, but what we don't see is a is a bidirectional charging yet, because on the one hand, people don't have a what we see at least in, um, among our customers, it's it's a bit difficult for for people to to um, the imagination that that power is taken from their electric vehicle into the grid, for example, because they don't feel very comfortable with it because they want to drive long or they want to know that the car battery is fully charged when they have to drive because normally they, they might don't really know how much they want to drive this day and so it's good to know that there's a full battery and not, not so good to know that they might have been used for grid services, for example. And uh, the other thing is the lifetime of the batteries, because in the electric vehicles they are using different chemistries, like in our storage systems, that might have 1,000 or maybe 1,500 charge cycles. And if you use this for grid services, then the battery of the car will not live so long anymore. That's why maybe the other bottleneck might be the lifetime of, of the today's uh, battery chemistries that are used in electric vehicles. For example, with the Don Charger, we would use this car only for charging and not for discharging. Yeah. We also can connect the Don battery with Alexa, of course. So you can ask the status of your battery via Alexa if you want to. But I think that just works in German now. So maybe Alexa, wie voll ist meine Sonnenbatterie? Ich bin mir leider nicht sicher. Alexa, wie kann ich Energie sparen? Entschuldigung, das weiß ich leider nicht. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> she just said she cannot uh, reply to my questions because okay, we, she doesn't know. We wouldn't have known. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Alexa, play Solar Coaster podcast. Da bin ich mir leider nicht sicher. Yeah, she's just in German, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. So you can you can make a lot of fun with her. Okay, so <laughs> let's take a look at. We're actually really interested this, this in this. Extremely interesting. So we just see this very unique water heater here with mm -hmm. three different elements integrated into yeah. one. Can you give us a sense of the, the functionality and why it's designed that way? Um, the main functionality is own consumption to keep it up. We will we connect this heater via Modbus to our sun battery and the sun battery can control it intelligent. The sun battery receives the weather forecast and knows when we have the highest PV peak and the battery system knows the forecast for the consumption of the customer. So then the system knows when the best time to start, when the best time is to start a heater. And then it's controlled in seven steps, each 500 watts. And then we have uh, something like this, like this diagram where we have our PV curve. And then especially here in Germany, or um, yeah, in Germany we have the problem, we have a PV feed-in limitation. We are not allowed to feed in all the power from the roof into the grid. So the heater is so programmed that he will start as soon we will we need to cut down the PV then the battery will start charging and also will start start a heater to have a high own consumption so that we can use inside a household 100% of the PV power and at the end of the day we have a fully charged 
uh, electrical storage and uh, heated up water storage thermal inside storage. thermal storage. Yes, yeah, that's the. And you said seven five hundred watt steps. Yeah, from zero up to three point five kilowatts. Okay. Seven okay. steps each, five hundred watts. Normally, you have too much uh, during a sunny day. You have too much uh, PV uh, production in your household even more than you can store and even more than you can use in the household directly. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have an electric vehicle, for example, you can find other possibilities to store this energy and that's with a Sonnen heater. A um, heating system can store this energy via heat. So if there's excess energy that cannot be used in the household and cannot be stored because the battery might be already full, then you can activate this and then it can start to turn to heat. And that's how you store this energy then. And especially in the seasons of spring and autumn here in Germany, you have still have very sunny days, but in the evening, in the morning, it's already very cold. In this case, you would need your gas-fired or your oil-fired heating system. But if you use, use your excess solar energy for it, then you can save this and can use your own energy for this. You have today 1.5 million PV systems in Germany. And in every, if every system puts all its full power at noon in the grid, then the grid will probably fail. And after that, learning a tremendous amount about Sonin products, we moved on to the CEO's uh, office and talked to Jean-Baptiste. Does it change when storage assets are there and they provide an opportunity for the utilities to utilize those assets in, in grid services? Does the motivation change a little? Um, I guess partly, but uh, as, as we mentioned during the introductory phase, uh, I mean, this end concerns CNI assets or little bit bigger assets, mm -hmm. yeah, because hardly any player other than Zonon is today in a situation really to use those revenues, yeah, because it's, it's not so straightforward. It's not so straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you need to have the technology for it, you need to have the, the customer base for it, you need to have the right energy contract for it, you need to cope with uh, regulation. I mean, Germany might be uh, uh, not the uh, easiest country from a regu regulatory standpoint, but I guess in every country you have some kind of regulatory framework you need to cope with, and this as it's technically not so easy, you have to, to be aware of the economic components. So I think on the long run, this will work. Yeah. Although utilities will at some point support that, in the, in the first place there are hardly any playing in this game or they're playing the game with us. So there's, no one, there's hardly any or they're playing with you, you said? Yes, in the residential space. In the residential space. Yes. Mm, okay, okay, yeah. So and, uh, we have uh, several uh, utilities we are working with when they want to propose that to their, to their customer but they don't have the technology for that. And when you say that technology, that means uh, some form of aggregator, aggregator software? Yeah, the, the, the software layer yep. that helps you to interact in real time at low cost with uh, the Zonen batteries. Yeah, this is what I mean with technology. The software layer is at, at, the, at the utility side? No, we have the software layer. And um, this is more the question on the market access. So if, if it's too technical, you, you, you tell me, but you have you have the batteries, they are installed at our customer uh, location. Yeah? And then if you want to participate to grid stabilization market or wholesale market, you will not participate with a single battery in its own. You will build up um, what we call a virtual battery, which is the aggregation of thousands of batteries. And they, they act as one, but in reality, you know, you need to be aware this battery is full, this, this one is half full. Um, I see that um, you don't want to interfere with, uh, with the customer behavior as they have priorities. So you need to take that all into account and you aggregate thousands. And in a sum, it's answering perfectly to the requirements of the grid. Yeah? But it's not one single battery answering. And so this is what we call aggregation. Yeah? And this aggregation is it's a little bit like a Tetris game, if you want. Yeah? So you put the, the bits and pieces together. And then the, the just participating to the market is just a final step. Yeah? So if we are interacting with a utility, usually the utility is doing that themselves because they have a trading floor and the infrastructure for that, and that they, can, they can combine that with other assets that they have in portfolio. Yeah? In, um, in Germany, in, in, in Italy, and in Australia, we are doing that ourselves. We are also a utility registered in, in, in those three countries. Okay. So. Germany, Australia, and Italy. Italy. It's perfect to use a battery for self-supply, 
but it's even better to stack, uh, let's say, uh, value cases on it. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. use it for uh, self-consumption, but also what we were talking about the VPP, help stabilizing the grid and yeah. all the stuff. I mean, it's a, if you've seen an Ecolix, it's a, it's a really beautiful asset. Yeah, you can do it. There is plenty of technology in it. Yeah? And you want to, it has a good, a really good lifetime. You 10,000 cycles guarantee. I mean, it's, 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 it's a pity not, not um, using, using them fully. Yes. Uh, I mean, the best case is to use a battery for different, different purposes, others. Yeah. I see. As long as you had big coal or nuclear or oil plants, they were on the high voltage grid. Uh -huh. yeah? And let's say the consumer is on the low voltage grid. Mm -hmm. yeah? and here I need to balance also, I can balance at the high voltage grid. So I can have bigger systems. Yeah? If you're in a, let's say, a post-energy transition world where the consumer and the producer, the prosumer, is, is on the low voltage grid, then you're better off with a lot of small decentral system than a big system that would be hanging on the high voltage line, then it would be more difficult to match. Yeah? So since we're in a transition, there are still bigger consumers, there are still coal, uh, nuclear, oil, power plants. So you can have a mix of central and decentral system. On the long run, I mean, it's, uh, I mean the bit is decentral. I mean, it needs to arrive in every single house. Yeah? So, um, if you can only act in a central manner, yeah, then you cannot reach the full optimization. I give you an example of a project we are doing right with Stenet, the CSO we mentioned. They are offshore wind parks in Germany, yeah, and they are mostly located in the sea, so up north, northwest. Yeah. Just nobody is really living there. So we need to, to transport the energy where it's needed, which is in the Southeast, I mean, near here, near Munich, you have a lot of people living and you have a, a industry. Um, so if you want to transport it, yeah, or you could imagine you store it in the north, but there is still nobody, uh, so you can store it for a while, yeah, but you still need to transport it. So you need the corresponding high voltage lines. Yeah. It's costly, yeah. nobody really wants to add them in their backyards, and this is why what we are doing with Tenet is instead of having to build this high voltage line, we just at the same time inject when there is too much wind in the north, yeah, so the, the transmission cannot cope with it and transport it, transport it in the south, so we inject in the network of zonal battery in the north and simultaneously we feed into the grid in the south. Yeah? So it's, the effect is as if you would have transported the, 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 the power, but you didn't need to build an additional line. Yeah, this is one of the, the magic yeah, or the beauty of decentral yeah. storage. So we wanted to show the potential of it and we have a, another project in, um, in Germany but more at the local level so without talking about transporting through uh, complete Germany but around Berlin we're working with the local grid operator so not high voltage any, anymore but really a low voltage grid to do the same thing. There are also congestion in the local grid yeah, because they, they, with the increased PV and uh, uh, wind uh, into the system, the, all the lines were not uh, ready for that. Yeah? So we wanted to do to realize two things. First, make the system more efficient so, the, so that the windmill doesn't have to be curtailed. Plus, also, let's say, showing to, the, to our customer that their battery can be charged with zero euro energy that would otherwise have been curtailed. So we're using also here the, the blockchain technology to prove that the battery has been charged with energy from this exact windmill nearby. Mm -hmm. So this is another... How do you do that? What well, transaction is marked? You track the transaction yeah. with, uh, with the blockchain certificates mm -hmm. uh, testified by the local grid operator that says, okay, this energy is coming from the windmill XY which and uh, your battery was charged between it's 
generally a couple of minutes huh? mm -hmm. uh, with, with this exact energy. Yeah. And you were helping the green. Huh? This is also uh, for the customer but a way to identify. You get a list of transactions yeah. that goes by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we have the first also, uh, we want to replicate that also in, uh, in other countries. I guess when you discuss with uh, Blake, he probably mentioned you, the Mandalay, London mm -hmm. community, where, I mean, here it's at the scale of a community, but if you look at the house that are being built there, you will, your PV experts, you could have not that the PV um, panels are small compared to the size of the house. Yeah? Mm -hmm. It's because here the idea is to act as a power sink. I mean, it's Arizona, so you have plenty of sun. So the issue uh, from a let's say, local utility or grid perspective is more to absorb the power fit-in uh, between 2 and, uh, sorry Blake has the exact hour, I think it's between 2 and 6 in the afternoon, yeah. where there is just too much. Yeah. 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 And you have slightly oversized batteries, slightly undersized PV panel, so that as a system and as a community it works, to, it works together. There are two trends that are in the coming, is more use of decentralized flexibility, to the point you were mentioning is it better to have five bigger storage or 5,000 smaller ones, yeah? and there are pros and cons for both, yeah? but in a, let's say in a decentral energy landscape, we will see the better usage and, and more efficiency on the really local optimization, and the, the second point is really decentral flexibility uh, markets to use exactly the energy where it's needed and to help the grid at high voltage or low voltage. And blockchain is an enabler, especially in the decentralized space. Yeah? It mm -hmm. helps you when you need to track a lot of transactions uh, in a transparent manner at low cost. Okay. What about resiliency, safety, extreme weather? Yeah, no, I think that's a very interesting question and I can tell you that in Europe, starting at a certain size, if you're operating a virtual power plant, you're part of what is called a critical infrastructure. Yeah? Because at the end, and we will see this transition, if we help the grid, then you want to be there when the grid needs help, yeah? and, and not, oh, there is a new release or it's currently not available. Huh? So you have really, really super strict requirements imposed by the, uh, or defined by the transmission system operator. They are responsible for security of supply, and if you want to participate in grid stabilization, you need to comply with super strict regulation, and this regulation, I can tell you, they were made for nuclear power plant. You know our Germans are towards nuclear in general, so I can tell you that the, the rules are here super strict, so uh, you need to be able, if there is a server failure, to within a second to switch to another server, which is located a certain number of kilometers away from the other one, so that you don't have a, uh, let's say, a fire or whatsoever in the same place, and then you will not be able to react. And maybe the quintessence of what I'm saying is that um, the likelihood that you lose one single battery might be a little bit higher than losing a nuclear power plant. But the difference, if you lose a nuclear power plant or a coal plant, and you're using uh, you're losing 800 megawatt or 1.2 gigawatt, yeah. If you losing one single battery, it doesn't play a role at all, yeah, because you have an automatic program, and the next one will be will be rolled out. Yeah. And this is, I think that the reliability is inherently safer. You just need to take care about it. Yeah? And yes, you can lose connection to a couple of batteries, but you, the likelihood that you lose the connection to the 20,000 of batteries that are installed in, in Germany is quasi non-existing. They will not all fail together at the same time. That was just a tremendous download <laughs> from Jean-Baptiste. Um, I mean, the big, we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, unfortunately, uh, but the big takeaways were, of course, the battery chemistry, uh, the way they're leveraging these for grid services, rolling power down from the north of the country to through to the south, uh, being able to stabilize the grid. All these things that they're doing now, it's not even the future. They've been doing it for years. How do grid services, how do grid services and utility scale solar stuff. interact? What's, right. How does VPP play a role? I am a, uh, I am a soul. Frankly, I want to see VPP yeah, well, all over we, we, Hawaii. We, we want it now. It's rad. Okay, <laughs> folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. Uh, we are sponsored by, let me see here, Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, Design, and, and LG Chem. Chem. <laughs> Thank you very much to our sponsors, to uh, Solar Anthony, Gary, and everybody else here at the uh, Solar Coaster. Have a wonderful uh, Aloha Friday. Great weekend ahead. Get some sun.